welcome back to the Who's He podcast. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about Doctor Who spin-offs, uh, basically the ones that have been before and ones that we'd like or like to see in the future, if it were all possible, or maybe ones we might not have seen in the past. And joining me today to discuss this topic is an old friend of the show, has been in the show for a good many years now, actually. It's Martin Havel from the Bad Wolf Podcast. Martin, welcome back, mate. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Uh, it's a it's an absolute pleasure, but I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I'm all right. I'm all right. Good, good, yeah. good. Excellent, excellent. I see Bad Wolf is still going on from uh, sort of from strength to strength at the moment. We're all plucking away, the, the, our, us long-term podcasters. Yeah, we turn 14 next month. Wow, <laughs> 14. 14 years. And we've launched a spin-off now called Running Down Corridors, and that's where all our Doctor Who content goes now. Ah, uh, see, so because yeah, you, you you sort of change the uh, the content on Bad Wolf to become a bit more sort of sort of crossing more more platforms, really, didn't you? Yeah, midway through Capaldi's first series, Jared, who I launched a podcast with, said, "I don't like Doctor Who anymore." So <laughs> we just didn't cover it. And then I met Sam and Chris, and they came on board, mm-hmm. and we we started covering Doctor Who again on on that. And then Sam said that some of his friends listened and they found it really really disjointed because they would get three episodes of me, Sam and Chris talking about Doctor Who. And then it'd be me interviewing Danny Trejo. And then it'd be me and Jared talking about a film we'd just seen. And they found that it was really confusing. So Mm. Sam convinced me to split the podcast into two separate podcasts. And then he left. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So, so then you just stuck with it, really. That's that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. But as I say, he's still he's still successful, though, isn't he? I think it's probably a um, a good way to do it because I've um, been uploading um, my sort of YouTube stuff, which isn't necessarily Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, so, so recently, it's been a lot of sort of Star Wars stuff or the, the Rings of Power and you know things like that. So, um, so it's been uploaded as videos, which people might might find confusing, but people appear to be. Uh, it appears to be watching them on, on the podcast feed. So I'll, I'll just continue continue doing that. It's, it's kind of sort of like leading to what we're going to discuss today, spin-offs, really. Um, so so really, I mean, Doctor Who spin-offs. Um, but what, what, what's been your, your, your take on them since they um, – well, the ones we've seen on television anyway, because um, I really – I suppose the first one was um, K-9 and Company mm. uh, from 1981. I mean, what's your – what, what, what's your take on that? Because it never got past the pilot stage, really, did it? Yeah, I'm not a big K9 fan. I think he really limits the story. And they're always having to write him out like, oh, we're going into a bog. You can't cross K9. And then he. Well, I know, well, I know it's, uh, it's certainly restricted what they could do on the set because, the, <laughs> because they couldn't put carpets down <laughs> on the set because Canon couldn't move across it. So everything you could hear, every footstep on the hard studio floor. Yeah. So they can move this sodding dog across the across the room. So um, now I, I do see, I, I, I do see what you mean um, about that. Um, but it was also an odd, an odd story, as well. K nine and, and company because it was almost sort of like a, a supernatural, mm. um, sort of devil worship kind of thing, uh, which was, it, it was it was an I think that and and K nine made, made for very odd bedfellows really. Yeah, it didn't really gel. I mean, maybe if it was just Sarah Jane in, investigating a different mystery every week, that might have worked. That's kind of what Big Finish did when they gave her an audio range back in the early 2000s. Mm, that's and right. There's no yeah. aliens in, involved in that at all. It's all about espionage and corrupt governments and cover-ups. 
it's more to do with a journalistic yeah. angle to to a character, wasn't it? Which which quickly got forgotten about in, in Doctor Who, really. Um, I mean, I know it's sort of we might as well sort of skip forward to the Sarah Jane Adventures because I think that was that that's where the sort of they, they really sort of came sort of her character came home to roost. Really, um, she technically became well, she she really became the Doctor to a certain degree, didn't she? In that, yeah, she did, she did. And it made sense to give her a spin-off because I didn't discover Doctor Who until 2005. It was with the Eccleston series. Mm, got into yeah. it. I was under this misconception that Doctor Who was only for posh kids. And then oh, really? you know, okay. I don't know why. I just I thought it was for people named Tarquin. <laughs> <laughs> in a clip and everyone in it must have been posh, like that RP kind of oh yes, Doctor. But, El Mabi, is Doctor Who old yet? Yeah. So, <laughs> When it came back and it was Northern Christopher Eccleston and he was wearing a leather jacket and he had a shaved head, I was like, okay, this is interesting. Maybe I'll watch this. Mm. And I got into the series that way. But even then, I knew who Sarah Jane Smith was. Yeah, I think she was so well beloved by by Doctor Who fans and quite rightly so. Not I mean, not just the character, but also Elizabeth Sladen um, as well was beloved by by fans. And... Yeah, that, that she was in the public consciousness. Um, I think maybe because of her pairing with Tom Baker, and I think that's why. Because I know back in 1981, John Nathan Turner wanted um, Elizabeth Sladen to come back in his final season as sort of like a um, like a handoff to to, the, to Peter Davison coming. I think he also asked uh, Louise Jameson um, to come back as well, um, but they both um, sort of re- refused. And I think that's when he came up for this. Um, spin-off series for, for Elizabeth Sladen. Um, and the thing was, I mean, it, it didn't get past the, um, when Conan Company didn't get past the the pilot stage, but it was really successful. I mean, it had, um, when ratings used to matter um, for, for television back then, 8.4 million viewers. Yeah. And it was, a, it, was, it was a really big success, only because there was a change in the hierarchy at the BBC, the, the new incoming um, controller decided he wasn't going to make it. So it came within a like a, a you know a, and that's whisker of actually becoming a full blown series back in 1981. So it makes you wonder what we would have got back then, really. Yeah, it might have it might have been like more of a ghost mystery or a, I don't know. Would they have introduced vampires and stuff? It's kind of fun to speculate. It is. I think it, it could have been that kind of um, kind of thing based on the pilot. Um, it, it could have been that kind of thing each week, which um, which I've got to be honest, the BBC back then, I probably still do today. Actually, they used to do extremely well, really, because they they, they they if they wanted sort of like those sort of sets, the gothic style sets, the BBC were fantastic at doing those sort of things. Um, and I think it would have it it could have been interesting. I think it could be interesting. Maybe as you said, the canine aspect because it, it was really canine show rather than sarah jane's um yeah maybe the, the, yeah the canine thing could have held it back a little bit yeah i think if it had been just a sarah jane spin-off maybe it would have worked yeah and of course when she did get her own spin-off boy did it work yeah and canine barely features he's in a couple of episodes yeah this he was sort of sort of locked away in a different dimension was he trying to fix a black hole to begin with wasn't that the um, the, yeah, the, the, the plot thread for him, or, or his explanation for him not being there, because I think the, I think the whole idea was that Bob Baker wanted to do his own canine spin-off show, 
um, which he did, yeah. um, which we'll come on to a bit later. Um, but yeah, I think I think Sarah, the Sarah Jane adventures were to me utterly brilliant. I mean, we this was on was it two thousand and seven? Yeah, twenty seven. Uh, yeah, two thousand seven. Yeah. So um, when the series started, um, I was I, I loved it. I mean, I think I I didn't have any kids then. I mean, my kids were born of you know a few years later, but. I used to record it back in those on on the uh, on the um, I think it was back on the DVD recorder I had back then. That, that dates it, you know. It was you know, there's no um, iPlay or anything. You had, you had to actually record stuff, um, and yeah, I used to record it each week. And myself and and my wife Joe, we used to watch it after after we've had our, after we had our dinner, you know. And it was it, and it was a kids show, but we, we were addicted to it, which I think just goes to show the the, the quality of the um, the writing really and it dealt with some quite hard hitting issues it dealt with racism before the modern era of doctor who did yeah yeah yes yeah. it's, it's such a strong show and i think the reason classic fans really responded to it is you get those two 25 minute episodes with nice cliffhangers yeah which is kind of how it used to be in the the classic era exactly I, I, mean, I must say, I, I do miss the, the proper cliffhangers at the end of each episode. Um, but I know that's not really, you know, that's not really sort of modern television now. So, so not things like Doctor Who, um, where, where it's sort of like, you know, the story of the week. And not unless you're telling like a, one big long story, which they don't, they don't tend to do anymore now, unfortunately. Um, maybe that will come back. Maybe, you know, maybe that will come back one day. Who knows? They tried it with, I know we would talk about Doctor Who such as, as such here, but they tried it with Flux to a certain degree, but even that was still kind of story of the week, wasn't it? Yeah. I think that's what modern TV is these days. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it's uh, a case of old, old who fans just got to suck it up. And then, you know, this is, this is what it is now. You just got to, you know, get on with it or don't watch it. I think that's the, that's, that's the, you know, that's the sum of its parts really. Um, but no, I mean, and I think, I think we, we just started, podcasting um because as, as you know in 2011 unfortunately when elizabeth sladen passed away and i i think really i mean do you think it, it would have carried on a good few more years after that oh yeah because you know, I, I, you know, i know you had like the, the was it the luke character left and they brought in um sky didn't they yeah. which was basically another child from space kind of thing um but yeah it, it, it i think it had so much mileage left in it that show yeah i mean well the plan was to bring ace in for an episode that's right yeah oh. that's right um i think obviously we, we we had the return of katie manning um and the brigadier um oh i love that he got to be in something doctor who related i know exactly exactly i mean the way they brought back the brigadier um into doctor who it, it already passed away yeah it was nicely done but nicholas courtney should have been in doctor who <sighs> Really, and it and it was great to see him in um in the Sarah Jane Adventures and seeing reunited with um Elizabeth Sladen. Mm. Yeah, but I think I mean I think they missed a trick though, not having him and and because Katie Manning came after he passed away, unfortunately. But I think it was it would have been nice to have had them both reunited in in the death of the Doctor with with, with Liz Sladen. I think that would have been that would have been really nice. Didn't they pass in the same year? Nicholas Courtney and I think they. Oh, do you know? What? I don't know. 
I think you're. I think you may be right. There's a couple of months between them. Yeah. Do you know what? I think you're right. Yeah. I'm, I sort of, again, it's such a long time ago now. Um, didn't Kate? When did Katie Manning? I think she's in series four. Oh yeah, because Matt Smith was the doctor then, wasn't yeah. he? Or was it series four? Oh god. No, it might five, be series. Oh, on, I'm, I'm I'm now questioning myself now, but yeah, uh, series five it, got truncated because she passed away sadly they'd only filmed like four episodes that's right yeah 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 i mean i i know um i know people who still haven't watched the last the last episode um of the sarah jane adventure they can't bring themselves to watch it and and i must admit i do like the way they they did end it just saying they didn't they just said she, she was off having more adventures and it was just left you know left out there kind of thing um, until during lockdown, Rusty Davis wrote that that play um, about you know Sarah Jane Parsons and the funeral, everyone coming back, yeah. um, getting to go for a funeral. I, I prefer it when they did, when they just left it as it was. Yeah. I just like the idea of her still being out there. Really, I think the RTD's probably got plans for the characters of Clyde and Rani and Luke. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you need you need to explain why she's not there. Well, I think wasn't also one of the, one of the um, character strains that they unfortunately didn't get around to was Luke being gay, yeah, as well. Which they, which again, they never unfortunately they couldn't get round to, obviously because of you know Liz Sladen passing away. But uh, that I knew, I know that was one of the things they were gonna they were gonna cover. Um, yeah, well. I mean, it was also we cried like absent fathers and, th- and things yeah. like that. It was, as you say, some real hard hitting stuff um, for a kids show. But the way they did it, it wasn't it wasn't patronising. It didn't sort of like stop the plot. Have a little lecture about racism or absent parents or or sexuality. It was so woven well into into the plot and the dialogue. Um, it was brilliant, and I think and that I think that's what irked me about. I'm not using this as an example to to bash uh, the recent era of Doctor Who, but they did have this tendency to sort of like stop everything, have a little lecture, then carry on again. You and I think, and I think, bloody recycle. Yeah, I, I know exactly. <laughs> oh, this thing's like the Hadron Collider. It's yeah, I know. But one moment ago, you said we, we've got precious little time to sort this out. Then you stop everything to have a little lecture about uh, the science of this thing, and then forget all about the fact you had thirty seconds to, to, for everything blew up or whatever it was. So, but the way they did it in, in the Sarah Jane Adventures, it, it was just so well thought out. And I think again. Um, whether it's because it was it was you had two episodes to spread it over, but again it wasn't much longer than like like a fifty minute episode of Doctor Who really with 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 a single um, you know with a single episode. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's the quality of the writers. I really I really don't know. Maybe because you're, yeah. you're like Phil Ford writing. Yeah, oh, he's tremendous. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, and plus the fact they used to. I mean, for a kids show they attracted some really good actors and also some surprising actors i mean like um bradley walsh for argument's sake yeah he's in it yeah as the that uh or was it the, 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 what was it called was it day of the clown was that one was it was that what it was called was it the nightmare man no the nightman was julian oh, bleach who played davros yeah. and again that was a really creepy <laughs> scary thing for, for for kids um but i mean my two watch it i bought the dvd box set and my two, I mean, especially Scott, I mean, he's really, in, as, as listeners to this podcast, no, he, he, he's really into, into Doctor Who, and he, but he also loves the Sarah Jane adventures. 
and and the nightmare man did give him nightmares and i thought well okay um job done <laughs> kids like being scared i'll get i'll get fed up with all this i know we've got to pretend they mustn't see all this scary imagery on television no sod off kids like to be scared i love being scared when i was a kid oh absolutely it was brilliant i loved it so but anyway um yeah, but as I say, it's, I mean, when people had their doubts about Bradley Walsh being cast in Doctor Who, I said, well, go and watch him in the Sarah Jane Adventures. Because he was fantastic in that. Serene Jones was in the Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah. Um, Flidia Law, Emma Thompson's mother, I mean, she, she was in uh, one of the, I think, the first series um, of Sarah Jane. So um, I think Simon Callow voiced the Serene. Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. As well, didn't he? So, I mean, it, it attracted some sort of actors of some pretty high calibre, to be honest. Um so yeah, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved the Sarah Jane Adventures, and I was, I was so sad when when Liz Sladen passed away. I really was, because yeah. um, I think it, it just could have gone on for you know from you know for strength to strength, to be honest. But uh, um, but I suppose really the, the next well, the one that came before this um, really was Torchwood. Yeah. Now I've got to be honest. I I was never a fan of Torchwood to be fair, and I barely watched the first two series. Now, was that something you watched more? Um, oh, was that something then, Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, you, yeah. I, I, I ne- it never clicked with me, Torchwood. The first series, it's a bit patchy, and there's reasons for that. I've been reading a book about the making of series one. Oh, right, okay. Uh, I can't remember the author's name, but I'll, I'll text it to you afterwards. Hmm. Uh, but the making of series one of Torchwood was an utter, utter shit show. So <laughs> the, the BBC wanted that they, they wanted to capitalize on the success of Doctor Who, have hmm. a spin off out within the year. So Torchwood got announced in October 2005. It started yeah. filming in May 2006 and it broadcast in October 2006. They had half the time and half the budget to make the same amount of episodes as Doctor Who. So this is what I never understood about the BBC. It sort of capitalised on the success of of the parent show, but never really... I mean, it did did carry on for quite a while, Torchwood, um, but I don't know what it is about the the BBC's attitude towards these sort of things. They never want to give it the budget. Yeah. And then then just sort of, well, it was a failure. Um, Well... There's probably a good reason for that. You know, you don't have to have a large budget to make good television or to make it look good on the screen, but you've got to have the money there to attract the right talent. Yeah, I mean, I think the the issue with spin-offs is they only ever get half the budget of the parent show. And uh, that's not the right way to do it. If you want to capitalize, make that success as well. You want to get like, you know, I mean, I, I suppose we should have opened the this podcast with the, the, the Hooniverse, which now appears to be a thing, judging by that photo it's doing the rounds of uh, Shooty Gatwa at Bad Wall Studios. Oh, 100% um, they're planning spinoffs. Oh, God, yeah. And I, I personally think they probably already filmed some. Um, There's a rumor going around that they filmed an anthology series. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll come on to that later. <laughs> we'll come on to that later, because I said there's a lot to talk about with that, I think. Um, yeah, so... But I've never really understood why. Why would you do that? Why would you sort of not really give it the chance it probably deserved? And that's coming from the people who commissioned it in the first place. Yeah, and it's also interesting if you look at all the producers that are announced um, in that October two thousand and five press release. About half of them are gone by the time the series comes out. 
<laughs> Chibnall was hired to write one episode, and then it was like, okay, Chris, do you want to be a producer on this? Okay. And then about three or four months into filming, it was like, oh, Chib Chibnall, yeah, you're going to have to be the showrunner, mate. RTD can't handle this Doctor Who and the Sarah Jane adventures. Because initially the BBC thought RTD could like oversee both shows. Mm, that's right. But yeah, my my favorite era of Torchwood is series two. And I think series three, Children of Earth, is critically the best. And I think yeah. the best. Yeah. My favorite is series two. If I ever feel like watching a Torchwood, I reach for series two. It's fun. It's darker than Doctor Who. It's Monster of the Week. They're bringing Martha Jones. And I mean, Freeman Adjaman's career taking off is kind of what scuppered the Hooniverse back in the day because she was originally intended to kind of anchor that world. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The reason the Brigadiers in Sarah Jane is because Freeman Adjaman was busy. It was meant to be Martha in that role. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that, actually. I didn't know that. So that's interesting. No, no, because her career, she's gone to the States and... That's it, really. She hasn't. I mean, Free Management hasn't looked back. I mean, I remember that time. Wasn't she, wasn't she doing Law and Order UK? Yeah, the first couple of series of that. Yeah. Her and Noel um, Park were meant to be in series three of Torchwood. Wow. Yeah, and uh, he got busy doing. He got the chance to direct Brotherhood, so he left to do that. He left to do that, and then Free Management was offered ten episodes of Law and Order UK, run by Chris Chibnall. And you know, if you're off offered. 10 episodes worth of pay or five episodes worth of pay, you go to the 10 episodes. Of course you do. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I've always been interested to know what the plans were for that third series of Tortured. What does that look like with Mickey and Martha in there? I know exactly. Um, well, certainly, I don't think it would have been what we did get as, as a series three children of earth. Um, oh, that, which, that week was amazing. It was amazing. And I, I must admit, I did sit down and watch that every night. I was absolutely sort of riveted to it. And I think it was some of the best uh, television that the BBC had put out uh, certain, uh, to that, that that point, I think, because it had me hooked. I thought it was absolutely amazing. Um, and it was real edge-of-your-seat stuff. Um, and not just from the point of view of the, you know, the, the, you know, the, 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 the aliens in it. It was the, fa it was the way that the, the government the British government was portrayed that they were probably the biggest villains of the lot, which I loved. Yeah. And I, believe that. It. I you, you know, if aliens came down and wanted to take kids tomorrow, they would be looking at test results and right. Which are the poor areas, which are the deprived areas? How, yeah. can, how can this benefit us? I, I 100% believe the government would do that. Oh, this, this share of shit we got in charge now certainly would. Oh yeah. With, with, with no question, <laughs> no question. They're probably looking at it as, as, a, as an opportunity to off, offload some poor people, as far as I'm concerned. That's you know, <laughs> let, let's you know, let's strain on on the uh, on the state. Let's get rid of some poor people to the aliens. Yeah. yeah. Well, Bastards. I think, you know what? I think the difficulty with Doctor Who spinoffs is you need the threat big enough to justify the show. Yeah. Not so big that people question why the Doctor hasn't shown up. And as much as I love Children of Earth, if aliens we're turning up to take the kids to use as drugs. The doctor shows up for that. And, you know, we're tortured miracle day of every human suddenly stopped dying. The doctor turns up for that. And I believe the doctor might look in at the events of the first two series of torture and be like, Oh, Jack's got this. 
And I believe he would look, or she, or they, or whatever we're calling them now, would look in on the Sarah Jane adventures and be like, all right, Sarah's got this. I don't need to intervene. But yeah, yeah I think when you get into the the Children of Earth era of Torchwood, it's harder to explain why the Doctor doesn't show up. Exactly. I know, um, well, that would have been Doctor Who for adults if they had have included that character, which they would never do. Um, because children watch Doctor Who. Torture was not meant to be watched yeah, by children. Um, children of Earth. Actually, Series 1 and 2, yeah, it definitely wasn't meant to be for children. The subject matter of Children of Earth is certainly not for kids. Um, and I think having the the Doctor pitch up in that one, it would have been sort of Doctor Who after dark, really, wouldn't it? You know, it's... Um, and I think I think you could have got away with the Doctor turn up for um, Miracle Day, yeah. If they if they just tweet tweet the some of the, the the sort of the characters out of it, like uh, Bill Pullman's character, which to this day I still don't know what purpose he served in that. It's a weird one. Yeah, Miracle Day is really weird. I found an interview recently from about two thousand and nine with Rusty mm. Davis. He yeah. might have been in the Guardian. I should have saved the link. But he's talking about tortured series four and he's like oh yeah i've got a great idea it's going to be five episodes it's going to be about gwen and her family and i think what happened is the bbc couldn't afford to make it so they had to do a co-production deal and then stars wouldn't make anything less than 10 episodes so yeah. we had a really good idea stretched too far yeah oh it, and it showed it really showed because we we did and my thoughts on tortured miracle day are are well, I've mentioned it so many times on on, on this podcast and another podcast where, where, <laughs> where, I've been, where I've been asked my opinions on Talks with Miracle Day. Um, I really didn't like it. We, we reviewed it, um, you know, back in the day, weekly, um, and it was a real slog for me. It, it really was. There was the occasional sort of gem in there, um, but on the whole, I thought it was a massive misfire. Yeah, there's a couple of good episodes. The one where we see Jack... And that guy in the early 1900s, yeah. Italian guy, that's beautiful. That's one of my best, that's one of my favorite episodes of Tortured. Uh, yeah, that was really, really well done. Yeah. Um, but, the rest, but the rest of it was just such a, it just didn't go anywhere, a lot of it. You you introduced characters, you killed them in the space of one episode. They were still, a, well, say killed, they were still alive, technically. Um, but then it didn't go anywhere after that. Yeah, you know, was there any resolution for them? Did you find if they died or not? And it just said, I mean, I mean, the the oh, what was the the characters? Uh, was it Rex? Was it Meg? Was it, oh, I can't remember the actor's name now either. Um, Mackey, Mackay Pfeiffer, Mackay Pfeiffer. That's it, Mackay Pfeiffer. Um, yeah, I his character, what I just found really irritating. Uh, it just wasn't likable at all. Um, and in the end, he he was given immortality and again it, it, again unfortunately it never went anywhere we, we never got resolution yeah. to that um and obviously thought it was going to continue yeah the only reason it didn't is um rtd's partner who's sadly no longer with us yes um, he yeah brain tumor and that's right with the brain tumor he wasn't allowed to drive and they thought well if we stay in la he's he's confined confined to the flat Basically, he's not going to be go, going anywhere. But if we go yeah. to the UK, we've got friends around. He can get on a train. Uh, you know, public transport's so much better over here than it is in LA. So they opted to come back here. 
for his, yeah. his quality of life. And like RTD said, networks don't just sit by the phone waiting for you to call them to tell them you're ready. No, that's right. Yeah, like, no, that's right. That, that's that's a, a, a fact of life in the industry, isn't it? It's just you're, you're sort of yesterday's person. Like, if you can't commit and drop everything, even I think I think that's how bloody cutthroat that business is. Even if you've got like a a, a relative or loved one who, who's dying, they still expect you to drop everything and give it all for the series. And that's just how Hollywood works, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, the whole entertainment industry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Uh, Horrible, actually. I, I wouldn't be able to. I think people who sort of like say, oh, "I'd love to be an actor, or I'd love to be a writer or director," and I think well, when if they did get into that that area of business, I think that they find it very quickly it's not for them. It all seems very, very glamorous, but it's not. Yeah, it re- really isn't. It really isn't. But um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, Torchwood has found a, you know, a second wind on on Big Finish, um, which I suppose you could. I must admit, I, I can't talk too much about Big Finish because there's so much I haven't listened to and I haven't listened to any of the Doctor Who spin-offs on there because oh. I've barely scratched the surface with, with the Doctor Who content, oh, wow. let alone anything else. You know, like the Iris Wild Time stuff I've never listened to. It's good. Um, Tortured is my favourite of the ongoing stuff. What they do is they do a monthly range and they'll take a character like Toshiko and they'll send her on a solo adventure. And yeah. you, you get to build up this character. And sometimes they do ones that are set after the events of Miracle Day. They don't reference Miracle Day. But there's a couple where Reese and Gwen are trying to relaunch Torchwood. And yeah. Big Finish made the official fifth and sixth series, and they're now doing the seventh. Ah, okay. Blessing from Russell T. Davis. Oh, good. So it's got the seal of approval then, which is good. Yeah. But, uh... There's a one audio called Broken, which is my favorite episode of Tortured on any medium. It's written yeah. by Joe Lidster, and it papers over a lot of cracks and problems I had with Series 1. Because in Series 1 of Tortured, Yanto was meant to be the villain. But because of the production issues, they were often shooting on first drafts, and I think a lot of that show, oh, yeah. and they were shooting episodes that were ready. So all of Yanto, so, you know, Cyberwoman, it's a really polarizing episode and people hate it. That was meant to be episode 10. And throughout the whole series, we were meant to see Yanto pocketing bits of tech and being like, oh, what's what's he up to? What's this guy up to? And then he oh. turned on them. But yeah, Cyberwoman had got all of that cut, all of that cut through the series <laughs> it did, didn't it? <laughs> it? It didn't work. But Joe Lidster, and my biggest issue was, well, Yanto had a girlfriend, now he's suddenly in love with Jack. Like We don't see that develop. But Joe, uh, he breaks that down in Broken, and we see their relationship develop. And I think it's John Barrowman's best performance as Captain Jack in that audio. Yeah, I think... Um... Well, it's unfortunate what's happened with, I think, a lot, obviously, with John Barrowman. It's a, an issue of his own making, really. Um, I know it's all been black, but as far as I'm concerned, I know there are plenty of other will disagree with me. Um, this has all been sort of blown out of all proportion, really. And it's, it's stuff that was well known anyway, and all of a sudden it's news again. Um, but I think because of the fact, he, for a lot of people, because he hasn't actually said sorry, um, He's now basically unemployable, and I mean the recent thing he's had to cancel his sort of his tour this year due to poor ticket sales. I think he's basically well done now with Doctor, and I think his career's probably done as well. You know, but um, 
I don't want to get into that whole <laughs> that whole conversation, but um, it just looks like he, he won't be back on, on Big Finish either, will he? No, it's a shame. This has been blown out of all proportion. I was getting into this with someone on Twitter the other day. Um, my point was this wasn't hidden. No, exactly. It was well known. If you pick a year, pick an actor, pick a convention, type it into YouTube, you will find one of his tortured co-stars answering the question they were asked at every single panel. What's mm. your most outrageous John Barrowman story? David Tennant put it in a song in 2010. This wasn't hidden. It's not that John Barrowman was knocking people around and being like, you better keep your fucking mouth shut. Like, we, maybe people didn't know. Like, okay, so my dad, who doesn't watch Doctor Who, doesn't watch Tortured, called me the day that news broke last year or the year before, whenever it was, yeah, and said, but everyone knows John Barrowman does that. So if my dad... <laughs> who's a, who's a not we basically yeah <laughs> and knows about that then and i know people say well we didn't know and i think the re the real factor that you can tell this has been blown out of all proportion is the video that was his downfall was from a con in 2015 it was uploaded to youtube in 2017 it was tweeted mm -hmm. about in 2019 and nothing happened until 2021 so and that was all well that was really down to noel clark really wasn't it Oh, if those no Clark allegations hadn't come to light, John Barrowman would still be he'd he'd be back in the next big finish box set. And yeah, yeah, I I don't know this this information was out there, and yeah, people might not have known, but do you really think Nicholas Briggs didn't know when he brought Tortured over to big finish in 2015? Wasn't an issue for them then, was it? Wasn't an issue nah. for Chibnall in 2018 when he brought Captain Jack back? Do you really think he didn't know that he was the showrunner of Tortured for two years? I oh, know exactly, and th they knew they didn't. They had no issue with it until the general public turned on them for it. And and that that is the that is the thing. It's they'll just be guarded by the general public, and they just and again, it's it's it's, it's brands protection. Whether it's Doctor Who or it's any spin-off shows, they're just going to protect their brands. And if they're going to throw someone under the bus to do it, then they will, innocent or not, really. Yeah, I don't think I don't think John handled it in the no, he did way. No, but. No. You know, if you were dealing, and he he wasn't just getting one or two messages a day, he was getting thousands of messages slagging him off, calling him a pervert. If, if you're dealing with that, like thousands of that every single day, I I think it would turn you. I think it would. Yeah, I I, I agree. Let's, I agree with and that. Yeah. He wasn't rewarded heavily for nearly two decades of this. Like I said, like Chibnall would have known in 2018. Chibnall had no issue with that because the general consensus for everyone involved with the show was well, everyone knows about this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I know, I know it's uh yeah. I mean, I know there's, I know there's going to be plenty of people out there listening who are, are completely disagree with what we just said there. Um, but you know, it, he's the main character. The reason we were talking about, because he's the main character in Torchwood. Torchwood is Captain Jack Harkness. Yeah. Um, and I know you've got, you know, the other main character there is is Gwen, um, Gwen Cooper, and Yanto, Yanto's gone. I know in Realms of Big Finish now, you can go backwards and forwards in that timeline and, and bring back any characters you like. I mean, it's proved with bring back Tosh, for argument's sake. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, just a, it's just a shame, really, um, because you couldn't imagine anyone else playing Captain Jack Harkness apart from John Barrowman. Yeah, I I think Eve Miles could handle a tortured show. 
I think she could. Yeah. But didn't she recently tweet that she's done with that character now? Well, she's recently done some big Finnish audios and it all kicked off. The reason John Barrowman left Twitter is because she's done five big Finnish audios that are upcoming. Yeah. And all the clickbaity headlines were Eve Miles returns for new series of Torchwood. And I think John Barrowman put two and two together and got five. And because... You know, the only cast member of Doctor Who or Torchwood that came to his defense was Gareth David Lloyd, who played Yeah. Uh, since Naoko Mori, who played Tosh, and, and Eve Miles, who played Gwen, they've since come to his defense and they've said, look, this happened like nearly 20 years ago. Uh, and if you don't believe John's paid the price for this, then I don't know what to tell you. That's basically their reaction. But yeah, I think... Yeah, I think he just got convoluted and confused and thought that it meant there was a new TV series in the works and she hadn't told him. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. I think I think um, him coming off of Twitter is probably the best decision he's made in a, in a long time, actually. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got some severe mental health issues. Just regardless yeah. of what you think about what he did, regardless of if you think it was right, wrong, if it's been blown out of proportion... I don't think he deserved thousands of people every day abusing him on Twitter for it. No, I think it's the, the I think the, the, the problem with things like that, and we will get back on and talk about Dr. Uspinos in a moment, I, I do promise listeners, um, but I think it's the case of people will, will just jump on that without having the full facts in their possession. And in this kind of situation, somebody sitting on Twitter will never have the full facts because they weren't there. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and I think that that's the whole thing. You're you're getting someone's version of events, um, and no one's denied. And he hasn't denied that he wasn't walking around with his wedding tackle hanging out um, at every conceivable t- moment. So what what people don't because another thing I saw is well, I couldn't do that in my job, and it's like no, because you're a dentist. <laughs> like you, you know, actors see each other naked. You know, Billy Piper gave David Tennant the very complimentary nickname David Tennant. Ten inch, exactly. These penis because they would have been on location sometime, and they would have had a two-minute costume change in the same room. That's what yeah. happens. They don't. You know, I was in a. I used to act. I was in a play at Wimbledon Theatre. There's mm. one changing room. Male and female actors get changed together. The first time I saw a woman naked is when I was doing a play when I was 15, and this woman got naked, and it, everyone was really awkward. You're all kind of keeping your eyes down. And this one woman, the lead actress, went, everyone, look at my boobs. And we all <laughs> laughed, and it cut the tension. So yeah. th- that's the kind of thing that happens on set. And, you know, Eve Miles used to pick his dick up and talk into it like it was a phone. So nobody yeah. so- set was, was ever traumatized. And since this news has come out, there's not been a makeup woman. There's not been um, a set designer. There's not been a lighting rig guy that's come forward and said, yeah, I was uncomfortable. So the, these were friends. And if anybody thinks John Barrowman was the only person doing that on set, it, you're deluded. Yeah. Just, it's just got, he got named Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, that, that's a bit of a tangent. Didn't it? <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Well, well, that's the thing though. That's the thing. You can't really talk about Torchwood um, without mentioning that now, really, because I think it's, as as far as that that incarnation of Torchwood is concerned, it, it's done now, really. Um, which was um, which is a shame, I, I, and I'm just sort of sad it didn't because 
coming back to Miracle Day, I was expecting another Children of Earth and I was really disappointed when we didn't get that. And as you say, because it was spread out over 10, 10 episodes, it was too thin a plot. Yeah. Really. And I think and that, that's that for me. And it, I, I, I don't know, how, how successful was it, Miracle Day? It was, yeah, it got a few million. It did well. Like they, they wanted to make the fifth series, but RTD had to look after his partner. And that was that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But the, the, if anybody hasn't listened to the tortured range on Big Finish, I highly recommend it. Well, there, there you are, listeners. Go, go ahead and do that. I dare say you've listened to it already at home. It's just, it's just me, <laughs> the host of this podcast, who hasn't listened to it. <laughs> Have you not heard Jago and Lightfoot? No. As again, another another spin, which I think again was I think one of those things was was talked about as getting a spin off back in the seventies. As, as a TV show. Yeah, I, the actors were never contacted about that. No, it was yeah. it's just one of those ideas that never went anywhere, yeah. unfortunately. That old, I'd love to have seen, uh, really. Um, and again, it comes back to that whole period thing, which the BBC were very good at. Um, well, whether, whether they would have had the budget to have done that, I don't know. Yeah, one day the BBC are going to make period dramas about 2023. I oh, know that's that's um <laughs> well period drama now is the 1980s for God's sake that's what yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh God so um now the other the other spin-off thing I was going to mention we're coming back to K9 again was the the K9 spin-off that um mm. Bob Baker mm. did um which I've never seen I did see the the new K9 which. I hated it. I thought it was like, you remember in The Simpsons, Poochie? <laughs> right? it, it was the Poochie version of K9. And I thought, oh, God, no, what have they done? I know they, they have to, I thought, what was wrong with the old design? Right? Now, okay, I'm talking like an old Doctor Who fan. It was better in the old days, you know, but um, that design was iconic, really. And why change it? Kids knew what K9 looked, looked like. My kids knew what K9 looked like. Oh, so did I. I knew what a Dalek was. I knew what a Cyberman yeah. was. I knew what K9 was. I knew who Sarah Jane was. I knew Tom Baker played the the Doctor. Yeah, because it's kind of entrenched in our DNA as a British person. Yeah. And yeah, I got nine minutes. I tried to watch the K9 series recently. I saw it was on YouTube. I made it nine minutes into episode one. <laughs> and one of the actors in it, he's actually gone on to have a really successful career now. He played. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Um, Australian actors. Yes, doing really bad English accents. English accents. Yeah. And I, yeah, because I know in this kind of fly and and when the episode he got blown up, it was the old canine blew up. Then he regenerated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's um a lot of people have said why wasn't it set in Australia then if it's filmed in Australia, it it wouldn't have got the budget it deserved because Australia is seen as a really regional area and it, it's going to be weird to, for people to hear this, but you know, that invisible man film that came out just before the first lockdown, you know, oh. invisible man film. Oh yes. 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 So that was written by an Australian directed by an Australian filmed in Australia. 85% of the cast are Australian, but if they had set it in Australia, it wouldn't have even got half the budget of setting it in America. So it's the same thing series. If they'd set that in Australia, it wouldn't have got the budget they needed to make that show. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. I never realised that. 
I never realised that. Obviously, I thought it was some sort of production deal, but I didn't know it was they big, you know, because they was get more money filming it over there, but doing it as a British show yeah. with British characters. Crikey! But yeah, one of them he played Vince Neil in the Motley Crue movie for Netflix. So like he's oh, okay. gone on okay. to have a really successful career. So. Why did you only last line nine minutes oh, <laughs> out of interest? Really childish. And then I was thinking, oh, well, you know what? It's, it's aimed at kids. It went on it's, like Disney XD. Of course, it's going to be childish. But then I remember the Sarah Jane adventures. And even though that's for a younger audience, older fans still enjoyed it. Yeah. And then there's these aliens that just, they look like shit. And I mean, <laughs> literal shit. I don't know if you've seen Dogma. The uh, yes, I have. Yeah, monster yeah. in Dogma, played by Ethan Sopley. They look like that. Oh God! Yeah. And oh dear. Yeah, I just I, and then he regenerated, and I was like, "But Canine can't regenerate." And all right, I believe the Doctor maybe built him in a way that he could regenerate. But yeah, it just, it wasn't for me. And I guess no, the one we're avoiding, the official spin-off that neither of us has mentioned yet, is Class. Well, I was, I was going to come on to class in a minute, but but, but the, the other thing that never came to fruition off the back of that K-9 series was the film that Bob Baker was trying to Time. get off the ground. Yeah, yeah with, with um, Cullen versus Omega. Yeah, that might be which is based, Well, that might be good, but it's basically just characters that Bob Baker had the rights to because they were his characters, <laughs> weren't they? So He passed away recently, didn't he? He did, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the... Um, obviously, he had that great writing partnership with, with Dave Martin as well, and I think it's probably... It that was missing Dave Martin's influence. Yeah, I think really, I think that that's probably the the problem with that. Um, yeah, I know it's meant it's meant to be a big thing. It's meant to be going to production. This this Omega Canine movie. Um, and I, I think it just fell. I think it fell through before Bob Baker passed away, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, it, I just sort of because I, I yeah I, I just knew that the the TV series wasn't a massive hit and. Yeah, I thought well, maybe this film isn't. If it does get made, it wouldn't it wouldn't be for me? Which is fine. You know, it would probably have its audience as, as that K nine show did. Um, it just wasn't wouldn't have been for me, really. I think, but uh, yeah, um, class. Now, I think I was one of the few people that actually enjoyed class. You were the one. I was the one. <laughs> I, 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 know. <laughs> I, I, I really liked it, but the BBC just buried it. I really I, I, think the BBC lost interest in class midway through production because on the oh. day it launched, the corresponding Doctor Who magazine cover was celebrating 10 years of Torchwood. They sent DWM no promo material. Oh, no, that, that's a licensed tie-in magazine, you you launch it. And yeah, they promoted it really bad. My, uh, my fiancé's stepbrother... He's in his 50s. He's loved Doctor Who since the Troughton era. We were talking around Christmas time, and he was like, oh, you know what? It's a shame there hasn't been a spin-off since Torchwood and Sarah Jane. And I laughed, and I went, oh, you're just forgetting about class. <laughs> He'd never heard of it. Really? Yeah. That that says it all. Yeah. That says it all, really. Um, I think, you know, everyone's waiting for that big announcement on Twitter from the BBC Doctor Who uh, Twitter account, um, excuse me, that evening. Um they're expecting sort of like, oh, it's going to be some missing episodes have been returned. And everyone was sort of like, we bait your breath. And they said, oh, we've got this new spin-off series, Class. And, and I remember I remember the the um, the response then was, oh, really? Is that it? I thought, 
come on, guys, it's a spin-off show. Give it a chance, you know. Um, but I, I, I quite enjoyed it. To, to be absolutely fair, I, I, so I, I was the person who enjoyed class. <laughs> I mean, I've listened to the Big Finish range, and I felt the Big Finish made it the show it should have been. I think my my biggest issue is they were all about thirty playing teenagers. Like I looked like I could have taken Mateus and Ram and that other kid down the pub to talk about my divorce settlement. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last um, debut, one of them got married. Well, I think the thing is they 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 said it in in Coal Hill schools. So that that's your they had to set it within the Doctor Who universe. So that that was your. That was your link. And then having Peter Capaldi in the first episode turn up to save the day, basically. Um, so that, that was your, that was your meant to be your hook. Um, and it never really did for a lot of people, unfortunately. And I, I, a lot of people sort of slagged, I was saying, oh, it's just full of sex and it's full of um, this, that and the other. And I think, well, I think a lot of, I think, do you know what, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the main reason people bought that out as the reason why um, they didn't like it because it was gay sex. I think there's an element of that. And I think because it was too violent. It was this, that, and the other. And I think it said more about those viewers than it did about the show itself. There's also, uh, there's a section of Doctor Who fans who consume nothing but Doctor Who. Mm. That's all they consume. So when they get spin off like Torchwood or like Class, and there's sex and there's violence. They're like, oh, I, I don't like this. I like this twee kind of English show about this person who travels around the world. So that they, they don't know how to respond to it. Well, the thing, I mean, this this is what I find really ridiculous because as you just quite rightly said, they don't know how to handle that thing in the spin-off show. But I remember when um, in 2005 when Doctor Who came back, Russell T Davis's gay agenda. Now, those people, that's like the long-term fans of Doctor Who. Doctor Who has been gay since it started, <laughs> really. It's, it's, yeah. it's, you know, I mean, the, the very first director of Doctor Who was gay. Most of the actors that appear in Doctor Who are gay. You know, it's just sort of, I mean, a lot of it is done in high camp, oh, a lot of really, it. Yeah. So, I mean, God's sake, you know, to, to someone turn around and say, oh, I don't like the gay content of Doctor I'm not watching that. <laughs> Um, not like it was in the old days. Take take another look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I don't know. It makes no sense to to hate that kind of stuff. I mean, a beautiful story is a beautiful story. Precisely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I think class was a bit of a misfire. I think they assumed an audience, and their biggest mistake was not having an established character in there. I didn't like Clara and Danny. No. If Clara and Danny had left to lead class. I think class would have been more successful because if you're just scrolling through iPlayer yeah. and you see the thumbnail for class, there's nothing in that that tells you it's a Doctor Who spinoff. But if you're scrolling through iPlayer and you see Captain Jack on the tortured thing, you're like, oh, that's a Doctor Who spinoff. You see yeah. Sarah Jane, you're like, oh, that's a Doctor Who spinoff. But class, there's no indicator. They, they forced Peter Capaldi in there because they had to justify it as being the same universe. So if he's not going to be in each week, there's no reason for them to come back, is there? Really, I, I, no, I fully understand where you're coming from. I, I really do, um, and I, th I think you're right. If they did have sort of Clara as the as the new head teacher or whatever, um, it, it would have been a bigger hit. But I think the other thing as well shows a show like that wasn't 
given a chance to find an audience. It left it on a big cliffhanger with, with the Weeping Angels. It, it was it was going into like a, a, an interesting territory, I, I felt. Um, but it just wasn't given a chance. I mean, when it was shown on BBC Three, um, I don't know what kind of audience. I don't think it had a massive audience. When they showed it on the BBC, they just buried it late at night and was showing two episodes at a time, I think, just to get through it. Yeah. They, they just seem to be embarrassed by it on the BBC. It was like, it was like a, a contractual obligation to, sh- to put it on, air it on BBC One or whenever it... I think it was BBC One, wasn't it? But it was on at like 11 o'clock at night. And this is meant to be yeah. a show aimed at young adults. Yeah, like 14, 15-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, yeah, it, it, it's a shame. It is a shame, really. But uh, but I suppose, I mean, really, that, that's what we, we sort of come to the end of the... Um, of the spin-offs that were made. There were loads of proposed spin-offs. Like it was meant to be the, was it Rose Tyler, Defender of Earth, wasn't it, which didn't go. And I think even like, I think the BBC were, or really wanted to do that one. Uh, but it was RTD who nixed it and said, well, no, let's do the Sarah Jane Adventures instead. I think which, the, which I think was a better idea. I think the Sarah Jane Adventures was already commissioned then. It must have been around, yeah. yeah. It was around about the second, Billy Piper... She left at the end of the second series, didn't she? So by the time that had been filmed and we saw it, the Sarah Jane Adventures must have been already underway. But yeah, I know they'd budgeted it, they'd costed it, it had a budget, and they were going to go ahead. But yeah, RTD nixed it because he thought it was too many spin-offs. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I I get. I mean, if you look at the Arrowverse, I think they had one too many spin-offs by the, by the time that all... By the end, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they're all crossing over as well, weren't they? So... So yeah, if you didn't watch one, you missed a, a plot strand carried over into the next, you know, yeah, into the next or the other series. So yeah, it was a bit uh, a bit weird. But um, but obviously, we've got this now sort of like we mentioned briefly earlier about the the Hooniverse, as it's now known. Um, and we, we think we're going to get more than just Doctor. We're going to get loads more content um, set in the Doctor Who universe. Now, what have you what have you heard so far about? What because we, we I we mentioned thought we I think that stuff has really been filmed and we're going to get this coming later on this year. Um, so what what have you heard about what's been sort of been made in, well, in quotations? I'm kind of reading between the line through different interviews and different news that's come out. Uh, yeah. To be fair to the the Mirror, their hit rate with Doctor Who news far exceeds their miss rate. Mm, exactly. Uh, Christine, yeah. Well, that journalist that they've got now, their TV editor, she's often right, and she's recently put an article about an anthology series following like Daleks, Cybermen, etc. Yeah, and I've heard, um, and if you take like interviews that David Tennant's done, he's basically hinted that there's a lot more to come that we don't know about. That's right. Yes. Look at those those three specials, they were filming for about nine months. So I think they filmed an anthology spin-off, and I think it's gonna launch sometime before the 60th. Hmm. Well, time will tell. I I I think something's definitely been already been filmed, so for for certain. Because you say that's the that's one hell of a long production block for three specials. Yeah, and I mean, I know Shooter Gatwell was contracted to the Barbie movie and to Sex Education. Yeah. So maybe they had to make a longer production to fit around that. That's possible. But yeah, I wouldn't mind betting they've made an anthology series. It'll deal with characters on Earth, probably. 
dealing with Daleks, dealing with Cybermen, because they've just entered a massive co-production deal with Disney Plus. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Disney doesn't have the right yet to broadcast any other Doctor Who, but these specials onwards. So to introduce them to like Daleks, Cybermen, and get them to know what the threat is, it makes sense that you would make an anthology spin-off that goes alongside these free specials. Yeah. Yeah, because hasn't um, Doctor Who now disappeared from BritBox, the classic series? That's gone now, isn't it? I think they've still got it for another year. So I heard it was going um, at the end, the end of last year. Oh, yeah. I saw a tweet recently. They said they their contract runs out at the end of 2023. Right, okay. So that'll be going. I wouldn't be surprised if all of Doctor Who goes to Disney. I mean, Disney have picked up a bunch of BBC shows recently. Years and Years is on there. That's right, yeah. Berlin's on there. It's a sin. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's a sin was Channel 4. But yeah, yeah. sin's on there. So, so they picked up a lot of RTD stuff. Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe he's done an all over deal with them. He could have done. Yeah. It certainly seems possible what you just ruled off there. It certainly seems that that's, that's what's happened. It's not in the, it's not in the realms of fantasy exactly, is it? But, uh, um, because that sign says home of the Hooniverse, not yeah. home of Doctor Who. Yeah. And I like so, yeah, there's Shooty's definitely something happening. His picture is just a little bit off of the logo. So they get, when he regenerates, they can just replace it. I know, yeah. <laughs> I like that. So, um, so obviously, this is what we think what's coming. But what about sort of things that you you'd like to have, have, have seen spinoffs that we think would would have made a good a good idea? Sort of delving back into Doctor Who's history, certain characters we might have seen have, have, have got their own show. We mentioned things like you know Jago and Lightfoot, for argument's sake, from the Talons of Wen Chiang. Um, I mean, what other characters you think would have made a really good spin? Because I, I think of one. I think well, Unit would have made a good spin-off on television. Yeah, maybe. Wouldn't that just be... Because I always thought maybe a 70s or 80s set unit series, um, like yeah. X-Files, would be good. Yeah, because I'm thinking, like, not sort of like making it now, making it sort of like back in the day when all the actors were still with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it could have done, but wouldn't it have got... You know, it might have got pretty old pretty quick without the doc. I, d- I don't know, really, because it, cause when unit was kind of phased out of Doctor Who... You could have had like two or three series of like you know, the Brigadier and Mike Yates and and Benton as unit um, having you know having their own sort of spin off series. I think I think that could have that could have worked really because obviously obviously they know the Doctor disappeared for long stretches of time, so it wouldn't it, it could have been done. These are the things they dealt with when the Doctor wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, it might have been interesting. I mean, a, a spin-off I've been thinking about recently. Yeah. Is basically, Billy Piper was doing an interview. She's got a Sky TV series called I Hate Susie. That's right, yeah. She was doing promo for the second series of that. And the interviewer asked her, oh, is there anything in your career you wish you could go back and do or change? And she said, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't happy with the way Rose left Doctor Who. And she was talking about how... Um, the clone doctor wasn't as good as the original doctor. And she doesn't think that Rose would accept him. And that got me thinking that's a spinoff right there. You know, you get, you get Rose who thinks she got what she wanted, but she hasn't. And then you've got this man who was basically gifted to her and he thinks he's got what he wanted, but he hasn't. And like, how, how does that relationship work? And maybe does he turn evil? 
I, exactly. Yeah, because it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not so much sort of um, sort of rose tide defender of earth. This is almost sort of going into sort of like a a domestic <laughs> kind of thing. It's almost like like a one division territory, really, isn't it? Sort of a domestic setup, um, but with the with the you know that that human hybrid yeah. time lords turning evil, perhaps. I think there's something there. Yeah. I'm surprised Big Finish hasn't picked that up. Yeah, I mean they've got the, the I mean they've got the service of Billy Piper and David Tennant, haven't they? Really? So yeah. they're, they're not, it's, it's, you know, they've, they've done sort of audio content for Big Finish. So yeah, why not? Really? Isn't it? That's certainly interesting. That's interesting. Um, I suppose now, I mean, I don't know if it's too late in the day, but I mean, I mean, certainly, I mean, Katie Manning, I think, obviously, she's done her stuff on Big Finish, really. But I mean, based off the back of what she did in the Sarah Jane Adventures, she could have had her own spin-off as well now she was being reintroduced to a, a younger audience yeah. um i mean that that could have worked i mean we mentioned ace yeah i mean ace could have had her own spin-off i think that would have been interesting you know more recently what i thought would make a really good doctor who spin-off and big finish already kind of do this with the companion chronicles yeah but you know uh the power of the doctor ended with the doctor support group and it's yes former companions. yes i yeah. thought if you were to bookend an animated show with that support group, so it's live action, so you get you get Katie Manning, you you get, I don't know, Mandip Gilwin, and they start telling about a previous adventure they've been on, and that flashback is animated. So you, you get Joe telling Mandip Gill about how an adventure she had with her doctor, and then it's animated. And then it bookends with two live action bits. I think that could work. It's it's weird you, you, you say that really because um, with the Blu-ray box sets we've been getting, they've been doing those little promo videos, um, like you know, Nicola Bryant going back to the sort of like the memorial to, to uh, King Yukarnos, and you've had um, Vicky in. Um, Sort of as now talking to her granddaughter about her travels with the doctor, yeah. and they've almost become and they're like Joe Jones as well with um with the with the maggots as well. So they've always sort of like you know with the that that particular box set, it's it's weird with those boxes. They're always it's almost like little mini spin offs mini- they're doing already. Yeah, and it's a shame someone else sort of picked up on that idea that we could turn this into a potentially into a series. I know the actors are. Um, are getting on in years now. Um, and I and Paul, like, you know, was it Stuart? Um, was it Stuart Bevins now sadly passed away? Yeah. Um, so, you know, so the, the so her husband, so Cliff Jones has now sadly departed, but, um, yeah, it's, it's those ideas, they're, they're sort of already kind of there, really. Um, I just, I just weird that no one sort of picked up on it because I think that there's some, there's some mileage to be had out of, out, out of that. I really, I really do. Um, but I think wasn't this meant to be? I mean, you suppose you could say one thing we sort of skipped over was Mission to the Unknown uh, back in yeah just before just before Daleks Master Plan. I mean, that was kind of a spin-off. I suppose you could say that was the real true spin-off of Doctor Who because it didn't feature um, any of the the established characters, none, none of the main cast, and it's more like a lead-in to the ne- to the next serial featuring you know sort of was it the, the that space security yeah outfit um wasn't it actually wasn't there talk at the time as well having sort of like a sarah kingdom spin-off as well 
set before that. Yeah, I think there was actually. Or Sara Kingdom, sorry, Sara Kingdom, yeah. sorry. Um, yeah, I can't remember now. I did, I did read that somewhere. That was going to be a, 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 again, sort of talked about, but never really went anywhere. You know, which is a which is a shame. But I mean, obviously, big finisher. I mean, they're the ones that have really picked up the spin-off mantle with the things that would like Leela being on Gallifrey, um, Romana being like the you know the high president of of of, of Gallifrey as well. So, um, they, I think they're the ones who have really sort of picked up and ran with it. Yeah, it's just, te- it's just the television side hasn't hasn't done it. Obviously, for budgetary reasons, that's that's the main thing. With audio, you can do anything. Yeah, I saw a lot of people, they really want a Pat and Oster gang spin-off. But yeah, the the difficulty there is when two of your leads spend five hours a day in makeup yeah. or they can shoot anything and it's all got to look Victorian England, it, it just gets too cost prohibitive. But again, it, like Big Finish, they just put on the voices Yeah, and it's theatre of the mind. But yeah, I, we're definitely going to get spin-offs. I don't know if they'll be legacy characters or they'll be characters that are introduced in series 14. I really think maybe an anthology with the the villains and how different races and societies and planets deal with them would be a great lead-in. Yeah. Cause they, yeah, I, I think that there's definitely something in what you say there. Um, and it, it makes makes perfect sense to introduce um the world of or the universe of doctor who to um to a new audience on disney before the actual you know series 14 or the specials rather um are aired yeah. it, it, it makes sense it makes absolute sense well to me anyway um obviously there's people with, with different opinions as <laughs> as is as is everyone's right um but um the universe yeah. of doctor who is too big for the one show it is. Yeah. And, you know, going back to like Tortured and Sarah Jane, there were times where I wasn't enjoying Doctor Who, but I had, I had Tortured. Or I wasn't enjoying Tortured, but I had Sarah Jane and Doctor Who. Yeah. And, you know, if you didn't like the Capaldi era, nearly every casual fan I know dipped out on the Capaldi era. If mm. you didn't like Jodie Whittaker's era, for whatever reason, maybe you didn't want a female Doctor, maybe you just didn't like the writing, you had nowhere but big finish to turn to and your average person in the street isn't spending 35 quid on a big finish box set. So no, that's, I've got to be honest. That's what kind of puts me off of big finish to a, to, to a degree. I love the stuff that I've listened to, um, but it's the, it's the price of it really. I know they've got, a, they've got their own operational costs, which they've got to cover. And I fully understand that. But for, um, but to hit hit you in the pocket for thirty five quid for an audio story, for me that's that's a bit it's a bit steep. So I, I always wait for um for any what they have like the weekends put a code you get it for like yeah three pounds or whatever and it's really like the older titles but 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 I'm gonna go to the, the Doctor Who titles before I get to the spin off stuff yeah if you see what I mean oh interestingly uh, Big Finish has had a, has added a lot more to Spotify. Now, so I think the whole of Jago and Lightfoot's on there. Oh, okay. I might. Oh, that's interesting. So I, I might. Uh, so I'm, I think I might head over to Spotify and see what's on there. <laughs> Actually, that's the, thank you for the tip. That's <laughs> a, I discovered it was on there the other day, so I started reading. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, that's really interesting. I, I shall. I shall dip my toes into the, the world of Jago and Lightfoot then. But uh, 
Well, no, I think, I mean, is there anything, any other stories you can think of, Mark? Because I think we've, we've been chatting for well over an hour now, and I think we've... <laughs> yeah, I think there's obviously there's things we've missed, but um, I think we, we covered all the, the main bases there, really, haven't we? Yeah, you know um, Bill's housemates in that episode in Series 10? Yeah. I always thought they could have handled a spin-off. Like, if class had been them at university, maybe it would have taken off a bit better. I don't know. I feel like there was more to those characters. Well, I, yeah, I think you're right. Um, as you're thinking of Bill, I mean, the, the way her character in, you could have had, again, it would have been expensive, but that could have been another potential spin-off. Wet lesbians in space. Yes. <laughs> and on that note, should we leave it there? <laughs> we better add, I think. Um, so, Martin, thanks, thanks so much for, for joining me. Um, to, to record this, um, I say you, you're, it's been long overdue your return to the podcast, mate. So it's been yeah. fantastic talk, talking to you again. Um, but before we wrap up, do you want to sort of like let everyone know what's what's coming up on on Bad Wolf? Yeah, so um, Bad Wolf might be on a bit of a hiatus now. Me and Jared, we've got plans that we want to implement and changes we want to make. But I'm due some surgery in March. So we will probably be putting the show on hiatus for a bit because I'll be down. I'm having a hip replacement for those who don't know. I'll be down for six to nine months. Uh, I had one in May and I'm only just now able to sit in a chair for extended periods of time. Oh, uh, I do have a Doctor Who spinoff called Running Down Corridors and me and Chris, uh, I'm Chris Walker-Thompson, who people might know voices Patrick Troughton. And some fan audios. He plays the second Doctor very, very well. And we've been joined by Abby now, who um, runs TT Productions 23. And she makes a bunch of fan audios where she plays Jenny in the Pat Noster gang. They're good. I recommend those. But yeah, join us and you will see us navigate the Hooniverse. There we are, folks. As I say, um, there's a massive back catalogue on Bad Wolf and Rundown Corridors to, to get stuck into. So um, head on over there and there will be links in the show notes for both those shows. So, um, so Martin, th thank you so much for joining me and uh, I'd love to get you back on again. Let's, let's not leave it so long next time. Yeah, it's always a pleasure, Phil. Thanks for listening. You can download this podcast from iTunes, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, and through your podcatcher of choice. If you would care to leave us some feedback on iTunes, that would be very much appreciated. You can also find us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast, on the Who's He Podcast Facebook group, and through our website, who's hyphen he hyphen podcast.co.uk.